You may not know Tony Co by her name, but chances are you definitely know her beauty company that she founded, NYX Cosmetics. It's literally sold everywhere. Tony was named one of America's wealthiest self-made women by Forbes. Although she sold NYX to L'Oreal in 2014 for over $500 million, she is surprisingly very humble and very sweet. Tony and I talked about her journey from living with her parents and how she came up with the idea for NYX. She openly shares the story of how she built her company, the challenges she faced, and why it was important for her to sell to the right people. One thing I notice about Tony is that she truly has integrity in everything she does. From being on the board of UNICEF to helping other female entrepreneurs, she really puts 100% into everything she does. She also shared about her new venture, Thomas Jane Sunglasses, and what it's like to raise chickens in her backyard. Tony's story will inspire you and make you rethink entrepreneurship in an entirely new way. All right, so I am beyond excited to have this one on this podcast. Her name is Tony Co. She is America's wealthiest self-made woman in Forbes in the top 60. She's created NYX Makeup, which is a very, very, very popular beauty brand. Most of, most if you're a girl, you're going to know what it is. And then sold it to L'Oreal for almost $500 million. You know, no, 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 uh, no small feat there and has gone on to do, uh, amazing, tremendous things. So I just want to say thank you, Tony Co for coming on this podcast. I love that you're here and I can't wait to talk to you. Thank you, Jennifer, for having me on the show, your podcast. Thank I'm you. so honored to be here. Well, thank and you. And I have to tell you, this is actually my first interview in a year and a half. I am so beyond honored that you're on, on this little podcast for your first interview. So thank you. I mean, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not just saying it because you're here. I am really, really happy to have you because you are such a badass and you are you amplify what what true entrepreneurship is, what real hustle is, what like people can do, what you can make something out of nothing. And I really just want to hear how a little girl who came here, not even speaking English at 13, yeah. Yeah. created one of the biggest beauty brands in the world oh, and then thank sold you. it. You're no. so sweet. No, it's See? the truth. I love you. That's why I want like, you know, this is like so, ha I'm so happy to be here. Oh, like, listen, seriously. we're love happy you. to have you. And so I guess the first thing is really that, like, okay. you come here, mm -hmm. you move here from, where exactly were you? South Korea. South Korea. Yes. When you were 13. 13, yes. And you spoke almost zero English? Or? Yeah, I knew how to say uh, three words. I knew yes, no, and thank you. Amazing. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And then, and then, like, were you always, like, someone who loved beauty or makeup? Or what was your, was that your, like, passion as a kid or... Yeah, so uh, I loved beauty, and uh, I remember where we used to live. Um, one of the biggest store was Kmart. Kmart has gone out oh, of business, yes, but there was a Kmart. And uh, after school, it's like I used to go to Kmart and just walk up and down and up and down the beauty aisle. Mm. And you know, remember it was like the uh, Cover Girl, the Maybelline, mm -hmm. and I used to just like smell, like walk around and smell the aisle because it wow. just smells so delicious. Uh, the irony is that uh, my mom didn't let me wear makeup, so I I had an eyeliner, a 
pink frosted lipstick. Right. I still remember this <laughs> lipstick. I don't know if you remember those one with the um, the core is like a, a clear lip gloss, and then it's got the lipstick outside. I totally Do remember, remember that. Those? Yes, yeah. of course. So I had one of those. It was CoverGirl, I think. CoverGirl, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, a face powder. I so I saved up all of my allowance, bought these three items, and I would hide it under my backpack. Went to school, I would put the makeup on, and I also carry like a small little bar of soap, and I would wash my face in school bathroom before going home. So my mom never knew that I was oh, wearing wow. makeup. That's crazy. And, yeah. then, and so like when you were younger, were you like then working in like beauty? Like, where was your first job? Did you have like jobs in like the beauty space as like at yes. a beauty counter or like... Yeah, yeah. So um, I never real had a, a real job, but I worked in my family business. So uh, we're so I'm first generation immigrant. So are my parents. Um, so when they came here, moved to US, the first business that they started in was a small retail store selling designer fragrances and color cosmetics. Oh, so we were selling okay. brands like I don't know if you remember brands like Jordana. La Femme, like Jordash used yeah, to have. Jordash, of Jordash course. used yes. to have makeup. Yes. So we were retailing those and my mom, she happened to be an amazing businesswoman. So um, uh, ultimately we had multiple locations and then uh, we uh, um, uh, packaged everything together and we went into a wholesale distributor business and I worked in the family business my whole life. And uh, I kind of naturally learned how to run a business. No one like taught me right. how to run a business, but by just by observing like what my mom did, and you know, at a very from very young age. So uh, I think our family business started when I was like fourteen or fifteen years old, and uh, I just went to work um, after schools, weekends, and like vacations. We, my like our family, we never went on vacation. Like we worked. Worked, 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 worked. Wow, yeah. Like twenty four seven, like nonstop working. Um, and uh, you know, I think most importantly is the interaction with the customers on a daily basis from like a very young age and uh, merchandising because um, you know, like I was just like I was just like a sponge that was like soaking up information, right? Right, and because we had our store and I was displaying merchandise so now I got to see like oh like you know this item will be great if the display was designed a certain way right so like from a very young age like I was thinking about things like this right oh yellow looks really good next to black like a you know um when you look at eyeliner 80 percent of an eyeliner cell is a black eyeliner but if you have only black eyeliner, it doesn't sell by itself. You have to have the brown, you have to have the blue, the green, you have to have the complementary color in the same display. And which color goes next to which color makes a huge difference. Wow, yeah, I can see that. In um, consumer purchasing. Right, it's so very you, interesting. It is interesting. And I feel like you kind of came by it honestly because it kind of probably seeped in your subconscious yes. because as a young girl, you were doing that naturally all the time with your family business yes. that it became part of like your kind daily of like routine. your daily routine. It's like eating or, right. you know, no one really teaches you how to eat. Right. You kind of have to learn, you learn it yeah. like, or, and like it becomes part of like who you are and like, and so then what, and very what, natural. very natural. Yeah. And because it sounds also like you're, you learn work ethic from your family, <sighs> yes. right? 
because you were yes. working constantly, never going on vacation. Yes. So then at what point were you like, you know what? I just want to start my own beauty brand. Like how old were you even? That's, so that's exactly what I did. So I worked in the family business for, uh, until I was 25 years old. And oh, wow. Another story to this is while I was working for the family business, my mom never paid me. <laughs> really? Yes. And that it actually, that's how I started NYX Cosmetics because so, but I lived at home, you know, my right. parents are very conservative. So right. their thing was, you know, I'm a woman. So they thought I shouldn't move out of the house until right. like I'm married, like very traditional, very conservative. Um, so I was 25 living at home. Um, and I had a car that my mom was paying for, so, um, I didn't have any payment, Right. but I was on an allowance. I was a 25 year old living at, under your parents' roof on You're an allowance, working at your family business. What were they giving you as an allowance? How much were you making? Um, I think maybe like a few hundred dollars or something. Wow. Oh my gosh. Like a, like a month or a week? Like what were you? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was like, like when I was. A teenager, maybe they were giving. They gave me like uh, fifty dollars a week, a hundred dollars a week, or something. And when um, in my twenties, I don't know, maybe they gave me like two hundred dollars a week. Wow. And, yeah. And were you going to school too, or were you just? Kind yeah, of- I was going to. Um, I, I was going to Glendale College. Oh. Uh, but then I dropped out to just like uh, work on the family business full time and to start my company. Wow. So. Wow. I was. I worked on the concept for a couple of years. Because, because, so I would go to a department store because, you know, at our store, we weren't selling Chanel's and Mac and Lancome, like, so right. all those fabulous products, right? So I was, I would go to a department store and I would, like, I look at, I admire Chanel, like I admire Mac and Lancome. I just love the simplicity of their packaging, mm-hmm. black and white, basically black and white and nothing else. Right. Um, the packaging is not the... The hero of this product, the actual product is the hero. But when I went to a drugstore, I felt like, oh my God, it's so gaudy, it's so colorful. Like purple yeah. Maybelline mascara, like green, hot pink, hot pink, I remember gold that. foil. Yes. Uh, like it's so gaudy. Like just by having that package, it is like you, like people from miles can see that right. you're using a drugstore makeup brand. Yeah. So, um, so. I thought, okay, I want to bring this department store look into the mass market. That was your initial thought. That was my initial thought. And I had that initial thought because, um, so by that time, my friends, my friends all had jobs and they started their career path and they were, they started to make money. So like they're buying all this expensive, like, you know, stuff. Stuff, And because... I was a 25-year-old on allowance. Right. You were a kid. I had limited spending power. Right. So, uh, so you know, that's one of the reasons. I'm like, I, you know, um, I'm not the only one who can afford uh, 10 MAC lipsticks at $15 each. Right. It's $150. It's a lot of money. Yeah. You know? Uh, and because my family had been in the beauty business for a while, um, I knew kind of how it worked. Uh, and I knew that... Um, most of uh, the price that consumer pays for, the retail price, a big portion, a huge portion of that money goes to marketing. Right. They have, I mean, they have like, they pay a million dollars to a a model. 
And more now. I mean, more, more yeah. More. I mean, million dollar, two million dollars, and I was like, okay, so. And just commercials and. Oh yeah, commercials and ads, buying ads, ads in Cosmopolitan, Vogue magazine is super expensive. Very. Yeah. So um, I so that's when kind of like I started on my business plan of um, creating a brand that's really high quality, high functioning. Um, but taking out all that extra expense right. of spending money in that marketing and just like bringing to the consumers a really great product at a really low price. Wow. But how, like, how did, so you had the background from your family. Yes. And then like, how did you like, what was your first, like, okay, so you had the concept. Yeah. What was your first step? Like, did you have to raise money? Did you have to just like, how did you find the the materials like you know oh like- yeah so uh so so when i um left the family business so i i left at about i i was 25 years old when i left the family business and uh my mom and i we had a conversation and uh i told her about my idea and she wrote me a check she wrote me a check and she said don't worry about anything you do make your own choices and even if you make a mistake, it's okay to make mistake when you're younger. You could always bounce back. Right. That's true. Yes. Um, and so I took, uh, she wrote me a check for $250,000 and I took that money. And the first year of the business, I did $2 million in sales. Your first year? First year. No By way. myself. Me, myself, and I. No employee. No employee. No employee. Okay. So your mom, okay, so let me just like back this train yes. up a little bit. Okay, so you leave the family business. Mm-hmm. Your mom says, here's a check for $250,000 to like start your business. Yes. And then what, okay, and then not only were you profitable your first year, which is amazing in yeah. itself, but then how were you able from day one to day 365, mm-hmm. what was, what did you do? Like, how did you get the product? How did you, mar- like, how did you do any of it besides having a concept and then executing on that? Like, what was your step to get it from your brain to, like, an actual sample yeah. of something? It's actually a lot easy. It sounds very complicated, but it's actually very easy. I started with one product, lip liner. Uh, cos- so one product, cosmetic pencil. Okay. But, lip uh, liner was your first product. Lip liner and eyeliner. Okay. I had six colors in eyeliner, and I had 12 colors in lip liner. Uh, 18, 18 color, uh, wow. skew, 18 skews. And I had, I had it in this like little cute little, um, uh, circular display that spun and it was, it was a counter, di- countertop display like, oh. that set on like a, a like counter. a point of purchase. And this is like 19, yeah, POP, yeah. point of purchase. Yeah. And this is 1999. I mean, the world was different. This is when people Very. were actually going to like, I, like let's just say uh, ABC Beauty Supply or something, or like CVS kind of thing. CVS or like is Walgreens. like a, Walgreens, CVS. Like those are all retailers, but those are like huge, oh. like uh, uh, chain drug retail stores. And when you are a newbie into the game, you couldn't get into those large accounts. Like you had to prove yourself. Like right. you had to build revenue, and you had to prove yourself. So I was selling to um, small little boutique stores, mom and pop stores. Right. Like a mom-pop pharmacy kind of thing? Or just like... Kind of like pharmacies, yeah, okay. beauty supply stores, accessory stores, um, convenience, somewhere like even convenience stores. Um, wow. Anywhere where people could pick up and the retail price was $1.99 for this pencil. Made in USA. 
amazing quality lip liners and eyeliners at $1.99 retail That's price. That's so crazy. So cheap. I can't even right? believe no, no. it. Oh my and God. And then this was the, this is the first time when $1.99 um, lip liner, eyeliner, it looked like department store product because, because it was just black and white. The packaging was... The packaging was just simple black with the white logo. And the crazy thing is, doing a simple black and a white logo is the cheapest way to make a product. Really? Yes. If you do a gold foil, it's an extra three cents. Right, right, if right. If you do... If you make it in like two different color, it's extra five cents. Right. Like, you know, it's more expensive right. to do it that way. Right, to be all fancy, it's actually more expensive. Exactly. And then all, all my, uh, you know, so there's the pencil and there's the cap, right? So all my caps were all single color. It was all black. This way, I could have one cap that could be used on all for 18 everything. colors. So how much was your, okay, so if you were selling it for $1.99, yeah. So I was wholesaling it. So I wasn't selling one by one. You know, no, of course I, I wasn't not. direct volume. selling. Like just, yeah. uh, just wholesale business. Yeah. And uh, I was selling it to my customer for anywhere between $0.75 cents to uh, $1.20, depending on what their volume right. was. Their volume, yeah. yeah. Wow. And then so your first year, mm -hmm. just from those little mom-pa shops, yeah. you you had like a $2 million revenue. $2 million the first year. And who was like... And at that time, uh -huh. who was your big competition? Besides the big brands, like mm, everybody, but yeah. like, who was a small brand at the time? <sighs> Jordana. Jordana. I don't Jordana. Even, I know Jordash. I don't remember Jordana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. A lot of, like, Jordana was, like, a huge brand back then. Um, LA Girl. LA Girl, okay. Do, yeah, yeah. I don't know I if remember you remember LA Girl. I remember a little bit. Yeah. I remember that a little bit. Yeah. And then you took that money, and then when did you start to expand into, like, all the other stuff, like your lipsticks, your eyeshadow, like what was the next, what was, then what? Uh, riveting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, so just to go back on how I, like I did it is basically, so I knew a, uh, a manufacturer that made cosmetic pencils oh, for like okay. some of the other brands and they were in New York. So I took a red eye to New York. They were not in New York, New Jersey, actually. Okay. It was called Petit Floor. They're not in business anymore, but um okay. So I took a red eye out and I think I got to like JFK like at, I don't know, 5.30 a.m. or something. And just to save time um, I, and to save time and money on lodging, um, I went to the meeting straight from the airport and then flew back out the same night, same oh, day. Wow. Um, but basically I went to the factory and I literally hand drew <laughs> wow. kind of what I want. Um, and they were able to produce it for me. I put in my first order. I came back, put my deposit, uh, and uh, I had a small little showroom, 600 square foot showroom in California Mart, um, just by myself. And, uh, because my mom had that wholesale business, right. her, like the family business, the wholesale business, um, she had an extra warehouse space. Oh, so so I borrowed yeah. an extra warehouse space. And if whenever I got an order, I went to the warehouse, packed the merchandise myself and deliver it to my customer. Wow. Are you serious? Yeah. So you were, okay. So were you also not just in, you're doing it here in California. Where else were you selling at that point? Oh, all over. okay. So, so how I got my distribution yeah. is by going to a lot, a lot right. of trade shows. There was one called the ASD AMD. It's actually a army surplus, surplus trade show. Oh. Okay. 
that was in Vegas twice a year. So to that show, I used to go, um, I used, I didn't want to spend money on like the trucking and all of that stuff. So I loaded the, loaded all the merchandise in my car and I drove it out myself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you were like, I'm telling you, like, it's like the work ethic and the hustle of this stuff. Like you literally had no one else doing it with you. No partner. Just my you. friends, my friends. I would you like, friends I would lure you. them. I was like, do you yes. want to go to Vegas? Right, 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 right. Exactly. And to work. You don't have yeah. to pay for, you don't yeah. have to pay for room. I'll right. buy you dinner and breakfast and lunch. Smart. It's very Just come smart. come with me and hang out with me. So like my friends for all victims. And Amazing. <laughs> my sister helped me a lot, you know, sometimes. And then like, so then how did you grow it then? So now we understand like how you got the district. So yeah. basically all your, all your, um, not your distribution, your manufacturing was happening in New York basically. Yes. So, okay. Where did the name come from? Oh, so it's, uh, it's Nyx, N-Y-X, but it's pronounced Nyx. Nyx. It's a name of a Greek goddess. So Nyx is the name of a Greek goddess and she's the goddess of night. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's Nyx, N-Y-X, which yes. we know. And it's that's how, so that's how you named it, from the goddess yeah, of night. Yeah, so okay. night, nuit, all that word originated from Nyx, from uh, the goddess of night. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And then how did you start? So what happened year, like year two? Like how did you start to expand into like different SKUs? And yeah. how did you, did you, did you spend money on marketing yet? Like... No, spent zero dollars. And I still at point. Oh, first three years, I spent zero dollars. And I still lived at home. Really? So I had no personal expense. Right. I'm so not everything. paying rent. I like, I have no personal expense, which helped a lot. And by, because I was in family business and, you know, we're all entrepreneurs. Like, my, you know, my family is very entrepreneurial. Right. And, uh, you know, my grandfather was an entrepreneur. My dad's an entrepreneur. My mom's an entrepreneur. Like, we're all entrepreneurial. So um, we know one thing. It's, it's easy to spend money right but it's hard to make money exactly the I, value I agree with that of motto. value of money right um and it's not about how much money you make it's about how much money you spend like if you spend more than you make it doesn't matter how much money you make absolutely you're gonna be bankrupt um so i was very frugal um i was it's just straightforward cheap yeah i mean like yeah if i you saved have to on, be i saved on anything that i could save and um you know i Ate from home, right? You know, um, I lived at home, and the car was kind of my car. That you know, yeah. I was very fortunate in that way. Right. Where I guess that's the support that you're that I, I received from my parents. Right. They gave you a lot of support, and they kind of you, you had a you had like a, a support system, and you had you didn't have to like fend for your yeah. personal like um, expenses. Basically, yeah. Everything so, was kind of paid so, for. That yeah. So that was. That was like really helpful to me. Like right. That is the advantage that I had, I right. guess. And having parents who understand that their 25-year-old daughter wanted to start a company and be a business owner was completely okay to them because they they're used it. to it. Right. They did it too. So, um, uh, so that was that. Those were all my. Those were my assets, right? Right. So, um, yeah. So, uh, first three years, I took uh, no money from the company, so no salary from the company, and you know, probably I spent like you know five ten dollars every day to buy me a lunch or something. But that was it. Right. Um, and what I did was I invested every single dollar back into the business. Right. So by twenty six, I was already a millionaire. Um, wow. By having you know, by selling, you know, and it was a very profitable business too. Well, right, because you're selling, you're, you're basically, the price points double at least, right? Yeah. 
uh, than what they're what that they're selling, yeah. and you're selling in volume because it's like a cheap product. Yeah, but that means you have to sell and no so employee much. and no, uh, no six hundred square foot showroom. Which are, it's like <laughs> I mean, you had a lot of like you had you, you had a lot of fortunate things happen with yeah. your family being supportive. Yeah, but then what was your breakthrough moment? When did you go from being this? you know, small-ish, very small brand that you're now living with your parents. You're kind of like feeding every dollar into the business. What was that breakthrough moment where you went from like being that brand to being like a real massive mainstream like brand, household name brand? It wasn't overnight. No, I know. It was like, you know, so when I started the company was 1999. When I sold the company was 2014. It was 15 years. I know. Pure sweat, equity. I mean, I... I worked hard no, every single day. And like, it's not like just sitting on the desk and like, you know, computer work. I mean, like I pack boxes, I deliver, like I, I'm a very good box packer. <laughs> so if I need to move, you'll help me? Okay. Yes, yes, I'm very good, very good. good. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, it took years to build a company. So, you know, I did a lot of trade show and started to open like one account at a time. Um, and what there was the were, biggest account? What was it? When, 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 what year did you get your first really big account? 2000, I think it was like 2007, 2006. Oh, so Either seven 2000, years later. 2006, I, we, I sold to Ulta. Of course I know yeah. Ulta. But Ulta was much smaller. It was much smaller than it is I think now. they had like... They, really? have about, they have more than a thousand stores now. But, you wow. know, then they had like 200, 250 stores. They were much smaller. But still, it was huge for me because I was huge. only selling to like mom and pop stores. Even until 2006. So seven years after you started your business, yes. you were still only selling to mom and pop sh- shops. Yeah. And then, but there was, you know what? There was 5,000 of these accounts across U.S. Right. You had a, you had a lot of volume in those months. I had, out. yes. Out of 5,000, I was probably selling to about 4,500 account. And so were you, so, were you, were you constantly every year, year one, you made 2 million. What did you make year six, for example? Oh God. It went like, so it went like two, four, and Doubled. then eight, like it was like double, double, double. And by year six, so like by 2005, I think I was doing I think I was doing like 12 million. Wow. Like not exactly sure, but I was doing um, a double digit millions. Were you still then. not taking money from the company? You're still, by that point you were kind of now taking oh. a salary. Yeah, I was taking salary, but you know, okay. like I wasn't like going out partying no, like rock no, no. stars. I but like, did you move out of your mom's I, house? I, I did. <laughs> I finally come yeah, that's her. Okay. At That's what tw- I wanted to know. Did I you get your own apartment? Or- <laughs> At 29, okay, I had wow. bought my first condo in downtown. Oh, okay. So yeah. four years into it, you decided to like leave the nest, basically. Yes, yes. Okay. And then what? So then like you went to buy, you went to have your own condo. And then the breakthrough was when you got the Alta account. Alta account, yeah. So there was a huge jump for me. But then the real, uh, the real, real, real breakthrough was... Um, 2007, I think it's like 2007, 2008. Remember, 2008. It was oh, yes. Like early 2008, the market crashed. Yeah, I remember, remember that. Yeah. That, that huge market crash. And people are losing jobs left and right. And you've heard of the lipstick syndrome, right? Where uh, no, makeup, me. lipstick, especially a red lipstick, is uh, econ- uh, um, uh, uh, economy-resistant. I'm uh, not economy-resistant. What is the word? Okay. I feel like economy, <laughs> like it, like... Um, there's recession proof. Re- recession proof. Yeah, recession, recession proof. proof. 
So the red, <laughs> I, I never heard that. Red yes. lipstick is recession proof. Recession proof. So. Ah, oh, I didn't know that. I just learned something <laughs> from you, Tony. Okay. Good to know. Yes. Makeup is, uh, is recession proof because it's a small enough item mm. that you can go out and buy for yourself. Yeah. That doesn't really affect you. Hugely, but it makes you feel amazing. It makes it gives you that warm and fuzzy feeling. That's true. So you feel beautiful, or yeah, just like putting on a lip gloss. Yeah, right. So true. Yeah, yeah. I see. Putting on a mascara, it makes a huge, a little blush. And your price point is so reasonably priced. You're not breaking the bank. Yes, and then the quality was good. So people were shopping down. So people, um, all these people who were. Buying expensive brands, expensive brands, yeah. we're now looking for an alternative. And there was NYX Cosmetics. Right. Like, we look like we're a department store brand, like right. black and white, like really chic. And, and then like, when they said, okay, $5, I'll give it a try. Right. They bought it, they tried it, it was amazing. Yeah. So exactly. it, was, it was like word of mouth, right? And then the next huge break was, um, there was one item that we were going to discontinue because we weren't selling a lot of it. And out of nowhere, we saw this item just selling like crazy. Which item? It's, uh, it's, it's called a JP604. Color name is Milk. It's a white jumbo eye pencil. And was it like a highlighter or what does it do? No, people are using it as an eyeshadow base. Oh. So there was this boom in YouTube. 2000, end of 2000, 2008, yeah. um, there was this boom and there were all these makeup artists right. uh, who were doing tutorials, um, the halls, they call it the halls, right? They go right. out to a beauty supply store, they buy a bunch of stuff and they show you right. on video like what they bought. Like YouTube. Like YouTube, yeah. yeah. Like beauty influencers. Yes. yes. Okay. But then... Influencer was not even a word. Right. Like it wasn't makeup, a term. I know. What did you there call were makeup artists. Makeup, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Who had their own channel. Or, yeah. or just like just like a regular girl who it was their hobby. Right. Yeah. That's it right. They're using YouTube project. at the yeah. time to show people how to like how to use makeup. Exactly. Yes. And uh, you know, um, so all these like all these uh, hobbyists or makeup um, makeup artists enthusiasts. were using makeup enthusiasts yeah. were using NYX cosmetics. To do a tutorial, oh my God, and that's it was just that was the that's when I learn. Oh my gosh, this is word of mouth marketing on like a super platform. Right, right, yeah, Ma- like a ma- and that massive, before, massive, massive platform. Before now, everything seems a little diluted, right? And at the time, yeah. it wasn't organic. Uh, it was all a hundred percent organic. We've not paid a single person. Wow. So how did that how did that business grow? So it went from what to what? And after two thousand and eight. So like uh, between like two thousand five to two thousand nine, we were by two thousand nine we were a thirty five million dollar company. By two thousand nine, and where? Yeah. Okay, wait. I want to know after, okay, between 2007 when you did the alt, Ultra yeah, deal. Alta. Alta deal, uh-huh. sorry. Alta deal. What did that, what was that breakthrough? So you went from what to what after Alta? I don't remember the exact number. Oh my God, this is such a long time ago. But we were doing like, so, you know, it was like like 12 million to 35 million oh, was kind of like crazy. a slow growth yeah. for me. Um, and then once we hit 35 million, we hit 50 million really quick. 
Once we hit 50 million, we were hitting 75 million really quick. And then once we hit 75 million, we're like 100 million, like quick like that. Wow. And so like, was it, it was momentum. I think, momentum. There's I, always that upswing. Yeah. The pendulum swings one way. Right. And then when it hit, and then, you know, when I look at over 15 years of the growth, it's not like, it's not a smooth curve like this. It is, you know, you go up. You flat out a yeah. little bit and then there's one year where you have like a hit item or like you right. know like that something white... happened some, something like that happens and then you whew, go right. up like you add you spike 10 million of sales like in a couple of months wow because and... it's just so much volume and we're selling to about we were huge we were doing export we were doing a lot of export um uh, really yes we're selling to by the time I sold the company, we had about, we were selling into about 60 different countries. Wow. That's a lot. I know. So, yeah, so, that's so, a lot. You don't have to tell me it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a, a lot. lot. Like at that time, like also just think of like, so you went from like all those after the whole YouTube thing, were you then in like the CVSs and the Walgreens and did you get into all those things after that whole YouTube thing? And that's what after kind of the whole, spiked you again? Yes. So the next big account was Target. Oh, it's huge. Yes. Next big account was Target. That was huge. But even, you know, Target. Oh, Walmart. Did you sell at Walmart? No, 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 no. no. Okay. Um, I I did not want to go into Walmart. Um, I know the brand is in Walmart now, but, you know, yeah. now, but that's L'Oreal's decision. Right. And, you know, they're the brand owner. They could do whatever they want to do. Right. But I did not want to be in Walmart. I want, uh, so uh, my target was that I was going to get into um, Target. And then either CVS or Walgreens. Oh, okay. Yeah, either or, which came first. Right. But CVS came first. So we were selling into CVS. And then um, there was Walgreens. And it was the Rite Aid and the Walmart. But that was after me. After you. Yeah, so after you me. 2014. I sold in 2014. 2014. Yeah. Wow. So then at what, what were your sales like before you sold it to L'Oreal? Like so that year, I sold in July. Um, that year we're, we're on track to do, uh, 120 million. Jeez. That's I like, think they ended up doing 180 million. I can't even, that's like yeah. unbelievable from a little brand that from your mom's yeah. apartment or house with your family uh -huh. on your own. Like, so, so do, at that point when you sold it, how many employees by that point did you have? We had about 260. So you already were growing. Like, there's like a, like you already had like, and then how much of that, like, how much were you spending on marketing and all that? Were you never spending? I mean, I, we didn't have a marketing department. <laughs> so it was literally just a brand that went from like word of mouth. Yes. And from like, just, it was like building like organic social organic media. Social media. Yeah. And like, you were like the lucky one that never had to like, basically so, yes. do a ton of like, basically put a lot of like advertising money into the brand that yes. I feel like the brand kind of spoke to, Spoke for itself because, yes. I mean, it literally sold itself. It literally sold itself. It literally sold. The itself. price point was, and I say this all. That's why when I was so excited to meet you because, you know, when my husband told me he met you and mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my god, I love Nyx. I like use it mm -hmm. because it's so like it's so the colors are beautiful. It's it's good quality and it's like cheap. You know, mm -hmm. I hate to say it, but it's like you know, like I, I would call use, it a spade. I'm, I'm, I'm call, I, you know, yeah. call a spade a spade. Yeah, you know, like. And to build that is like unbelievable. So then, okay, so then L'Oreal um, buys it from yeah. you. I wanted to sell to L'Oreal. You really wanted yes. to? Was that your first choice? That was my goal. I don't know. Somehow. Like in your um, brain, you're like, I want to sell yes, this company to L'Oreal. early stage. Like if I ever sold a company, I want to sell to L'Oreal. Why? Because they're a really good custodian of a brand. 
Really? Yeah. How are they different as a because they're like a mass giant? Like, how is it different yeah. than a Revlon? Or oh, uh, actually, there isn't that many. You know, there's, there's Cody, not. there's Revlon, oh. there's Estee Lauder, and there's L'Oreal. Well, between so, them four, they I think they have all the brands under their they portfolio. Do. Estee Lauder, I feel owns everything. Yeah. Right. Like. Oh, their portfolio is cr- crazy. Ridiculous. ridiculous. What yeah. else does L'Oreal own? Oh, Maybelline. Yeah. Maybelline. What else? Garnier. Yeah. Oh, they own Garnier too. Urban Decay. They own Urban Decay. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. So, like, you're okay. Well, yeah. there you go. I oh mean, no. Yeah, but they have portfolios, but they have different portfolios. So they have a portfolio for uh, mass brands. They have portfolio right. for a prestige brand. So where uh, Urban Decay goes under the prestige, and then NYX Cosmetics goes under the mass mass brand. brands. Yeah. What's another mass brand that they own then? <sighs> like, what's another Essie. Quick- Okay, Estee, but Estee's nail hard nail polish. Yeah. That's what I'm trying, I'm trying to find like Maybelline. a comparison. Maybelline. Like Maybelline. Mm-hmm. So NYX is like in comparison. So you basically built the equivalent to Maybelline by yourself. Yeah. Which doesn't really, I don't feel like it happens that much. Like there's so many like little, like little ding dong yeah. companies out here. <laughs> you, know, companies. You, know, you know what I mean? Like they have a couple <laughs> SKUs, they do well, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but they're not like massive brands yeah. that like get bought out by that kind of like. Crazy. So why? So why did you want L'Oreal? Why did you not want Revlon? Did Revlon even make you an offer? Uh, Revlon. We did talk to Revlon, but then they were they were lowballing on the price of the oh. company. So uh, we said we basically um, uh, not not put them on the on the list of, on the, on um, the, list the prospects. prospects. How about Estee Lauder? Did they make a? Um, yeah, I think. Estee Lauder, I think, was in the game at one point, but then they were all they were probably um, out of the list pretty early on too. So mostly it was um, um, uh, uh, finance, financial yeah. purchases, like an investment company, right? And uh, and I and Cody and L'Oreal, oh, and yeah. I really wanted to sell to L'Oreal, and I had a really um, at the at the exit, I had two really good offers. One from Strategic, mm-hmm. which is L'Oreal, and one from Finance, which was from a, um, a investment company up in San Francisco. Wow! Like very comparable, right? Very, you know, very comparable. And I may have more made more money actually if I had sold to the financial. Yeah, really. But wow. I'm actually very happy that I sold to L'Oreal. What? Why? Because they're just a really good custodian of the brand. They're, like, look yeah. what they've done. They've with done the a brand. great job. Oh my god! I mean, now they have standalone stores. Oh, so many. I mean, tons of them, and uh-huh. the brand still has its. It has the same reputation. Yes. Like a lot of times, like they hate the word, but they a lot of these big companies come on board and they like bastardize the yeah. bra- brand, right? Mm-hmm. And they make them in these like terrible like versions of what they used yeah. to be. But they did do a really good job they did. to keep the brand like going well. And, and that's just, what I want. Yeah. I mean, this, like literally, literally, this is like my baby. Yeah. And I, yeah. the 15 years of my life, I had nothing. I wasn't married. I have no children. Like it I was had no social life. You gave everything this to is, the brand. That's, I was like a little frog in a well. That's all I knew. I mean, it's like, literally amazing. that's all I knew. Right, because all you knew is you lived at home and you b- yeah. built this business. Uh-huh. Like you I went would... to work home, work home. Either I was on the road on a business trip, or I did work home, work home, work home. So then what happens? I didn't like, even have a steady relationship. I couldn't even keep a relationship. Because you worked that much. Like what kind of, so tell me like, what kind of hours were you working? Uh, there is like, you cannot set an hour. I know. Because but... you're, you're thinking 24-7. Like I, I wake up middle of the night. Uh, I would always have like a note, uh, uh, no pen pad, and a pa- yeah. paper. 
Because I could wake up at 3 a.m. with an idea. I have to write it down, right? Right. And when you're a business owner, there's, you know, there's some people who's like, I want to be more flexible with my time. So I want to be a business owner. I'm like, uh-uh, you're going to need to, like, no. Uh, I, no. I, I could not agree with you more. <laughs> people think, I think right now it's a big buzzword. Like, I want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. People don't, th- they think that's like the easy way, the, no. the easier route. No. And it's not, no. right? You put more hours in, more time, more sweat, more yes. tears, and like you may have quote unquote your own schedule, but you're working 24 hours a day because you have Literally. to like, be worrying about all these things yeah. all the time. Your your mind is 24 seven occupied. Oh, all the time. Yeah, all the time. Literally. And then like, how do you like you know this, this whole thing here? You know, this whole podcast is called like habits and hustle, yeah. right? So. We know you got the hustle, and then we got that. And then what are your habits? Like, even were well, your habits, have they, I'm sure they've changed yeah. from the yeah, days yeah, yeah. when uh-huh. you were working like a dog. It sounds to me when you were, when you were building Nick's, you worked 20, like you worked day and night. Mm-hmm. Did you take care of yourself at all at that point? Like, were you sleeping at all? Were you like exercising? Yeah. What uh, exercising, like I would do on and off. Right. But you're all about the business. On and off. But I was moving around so much. Right. You know, I called like walking into air, air, um, yeah. airports, yeah. My, my, my cardio. Oh gosh, exactly. <laughs> Going right? from yeah, terminal yeah, yeah. to terminal was my cardio. Yes. And like, lug- like lugging Lugging around luggage. luggages was my workout. Um, and I've always been a very active person. Right. So uh, that was good. And I'm like, you know, I don't really, I like to eat food, but... I don't really like sweets. I mean, I don't have sweet tooth to begin with. Right. So I think I have kind of have a um, healthy diet naturally. Natural. So you always kind of ate well. Into, like, was there one habit? But it's not like I'm going to eat salad every day. No, no, no. I'm going to eat fish every day. But that doesn't even necessarily make you healthy. There yeah. has to be like, is there like one habit that you've kind of always did that kind of was you, that kind of kept you on point? I make a to-do list. You make a to-do every, yeah. all the time? Not every day. No, but no, no, but in life. I make a list. Uh-huh. I make a list. And once I cross it all out, I make a new list. So how often do you do that list? <sighs> Let's see. It's been slower lately. Um, but when I would I would probably say every like once three to four days. Okay. I have a new list. Now, okay, so well, I'm going to get more into that in mm-hmm. a second because that's the habits portion. But okay. I'm, I want to know, and I'm sure a lot of people want to know, like, so once you sell this company for mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of <laughs> millions of dollars, and now you have no investors, right? Because your mom basically... Oh, no, no. I did have an investor. Okay, I so had a minority investor. You did get a minority. Yes. So at what point did you get the minority investor? Uh, 2009. So that oh. was 10 years after I... I started the company, I brought in the minority investor. And that's not because I needed the money. The company was like right. sufficient. We had we had so much money in the bank account. And right. we had inventory and that was all paid for. Like it was financially super healthy. But this is the time when I was really wanting to get in, get into like Target and um, mm-hmm. uh, CVSN, like Walgreens, like the, the, the big guy, the yeah. big boys, the large retailers. Yeah. Um, and I was having problem breaking into one of these retailers because you have to get into one of them to prove your number. Right. Oh. Because, I mean, these guys are like, you know, they're, they have how many? Like Walgreens has 7,800 stores, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, they, if the buyer makes one mistake, it's a catastrophe. catastrophe. And so I totally understand. So what I realized was I needed a, a deeper relationship with, because 
I mean, these buyers get bombarded with yeah. people like me wanting to sell the merchandise yeah. and everybody's saying this is the best product, this is the best price, da-da-da-da-da, right? right? But their wall's full. They've already got Maybelline. They've already got, you know, L'Oreal. They have brands that's performing within that given space. Are people buying the shelf space too, those big brands at that point? Um, no? You can't really say they're buying the shelf space, ad but spend. then there's like kind of like, you know, um, ad, like they request the ad spend. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like dollars tied to the business. Right. And you really have to understand. Otherwise, you know, opening a large account is not always good because you could go in, if you don't calculate the numbers and your profit margins right. correctly, you actually lose money. Right. That's what I've With heard. the chargeback yeah. and everything. Then if you're a small company, you are screwed. Right. Like seriously. And you sign the contract. Like for, give us an example. Like for example, if you, if someone would buy 10,000 pieces of yeah. something from you mm -hmm. and they don't sell it, yeah. they want to return it. Yeah. And then they you're stuck charge, with the product. Oh, right? they would charge you a wear. But here's the thing. So if you sold them a 10,000 uh, pieces at a dollar each, which is $10,000. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't sell, it doesn't come back to you at $10,000. It will come back to you at $12,000 because you mm -hmm. are, there's a penalty in, tied into oh, involved. Oh, wow. Wow. So now you've got return merchandise, right. which is unsellable. On top of that, you have, you're paying penalties, oh. like chargebacks. It's called a chargeback. Yeah, like yeah. Left and right and left and right. And Wow. Yeah, That's so, why you have to be super careful and very, very yes. e efficient with your with your um, inventory yes. and where, who you're selling and to. And make sure it's, it's actually good. So you need to make sure that your product do sell. Right. Like once it's on the shelf, it does sell because, you know, it's not like... Targets. How do you guarantee that if you're not spending ad money like you were? That's why you have to spend some ad money. Right. Um, but not the ad money like a traditional ad money mm -hmm. like I did. But when you go into these large chain stores, you know, they have like the mailers and stuff like that. Right. So there's a portion of money a, a, a vendor has to provide. Right. Yes. And you do... That's the, that's what I call the ad money. Right. Mailers. No, I know. Mm -hmm. And then you also put like... So you got to put your... You got to do like... Uh, selling your thing on a sale price in their little flyer, whatever, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know how sometimes they yeah. do the BOGO? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They charge that back to, 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 you guys, to the vendor. To the yeah, vendor. yeah, 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 yeah. So then why did you need an investor to come in when you had all this money, you were super profitable, you wanted to get into these big accounts? Relationship. So the, the financier guy had the relationship. They just came. So it was a, uh, uh, a boutique firm out of Chicago. Okay. And they had just exited from an investment mm -hmm. that was a hair care product that they were selling to and then uh this hair care products main customers were like cvs and walgreen and mm -hmm. you know it was in the same space so they had contact information for the right sales reps and you know um and having the right sales rep is so important right that's what they say yes so right. i got in contact with the right sales rep right oh. and once i had the right sales rep the door started to open. That's how I got into Target. Wow. And Target has, I think, 1,800 stores, at least at that moment. But you don't go into all 1,800 right. stores. You do a region. You do a test. Yeah, do a test. Right. You do a 200 store test. Which is still a lot. And then you see the result, see how it comes in. And then, you know, you do an expansion. So you do 500. Next, you do 1,000. And then the rest of the store. Wow. Yeah. And then... Now you have the number from Target, right? And then the war travels pretty fast. Right. So now, like, if the other uh, retailers, retailers yeah. learn that they you have a good number, then a lot of the times they'll reach out to you and ask if 
you're you're available to sell to them. Right, then they want you. You, It's like basically that you got to prove your track record with one, and then everyone else comes calling. And then, okay, so then you have your, now you have your minor, your minority investor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you sell the company mm-hmm. and for hundreds and hundreds of millions mm-hmm. of dollars. Now, what are you going to do with all this money? How much do you get to keep of this money? Um, I kept 60, almost 70%. Wow. Almost 70%. Wow. So, okay, so I'm going to... Because I was very, I was highly conscious of, not diluting my shares. No, I understand yeah. that. And that's super important too, not to dilute your shares. Yeah. And that's why you only had one minority investor, but which you know, is not that CEO much. My CEO had a little bit of share. My CFO right. had a little bit. And some of my early, you know, um, employees, senior executives had a little bit. Had like a little bit of share. And, you know, like once you. I know, then it's kind of a trick. You give a little bit here yeah, and there, yeah. but still the mass amount is belongs to you. Yes. And so now, now you're like a uh, centi times for, you know, you have like hundreds of millions of dollars in your bo- in your pocket. And then and, you pay tax. And then you pay tax. Which is then you're left with like $4.66. No, I'm joking. You know, one yeah. time I received a refund check. You really? For seven cents. Are you serious? Yeah. From California Treasury Oh my Department. God, that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Wow. So here you are, this like immigrant girl now having hundreds yes. and hundreds of millions on the Forbes list of like, America's wealthiest self-made woman, yes. blah, blah, blah. You have all these things. What are you going to do with all your money? Now you have a condo. I know you bought a condo, you said, when you when we moved out yeah, of your house yeah, at 29. Yeah. I'm sure by then, after that, you bought a couple other things. Like, what <laughs> what did you buy? What did you do? Like, what's no, your... but still now, like, I'm I'm pretty frugal, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I spend money where I spend money, but, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't, like go out and spend like a rock star. That's not me. That's not your personality. No, it's right? just not my personality. You also know the value of a dollar because you had to build everything from yourself, but yeah. yourself, right? So you, yes. you have that. I eat what I kill yeah. is my model. That's what I say too. Yeah, I yes. eat what I kill. So, um, you know, I'm very self-conscious and you know, how do you know what's going to happen? You don't. Yeah. I don't understand some of the younger people, right? They see money coming in and they think it's their money, but no, don't don't do that. Invest it and harvest the fruits. Right. Not eat the plant. A hundred percent. Or the tree. You know. Is that what you do? So, like, what are you doing now? Like, what's your which? So now, okay, two that we're now at two thousand fourteen. You make all this money. Yeah. You don't want to spend it all on you know, no. just a lavish stuff that that's like material stuff that doesn't mean anything. You invest your money. Is that what you're doing now? Yeah. Or okay, so what are you? Real estate. It's hugely important. Okay. And then I, I make sure a portion of my money goes to charity. So I have a foundation. Oh, I, okay. What's yes. the foundation called? Uh, it's called Tony Co Foundation. Okay. And uh, I'm, Good I also, name. Oh, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, I also sit on board of UNICEF. Um, children, oh. anything that has to do with children, young oh. girls' education is very important to me. Those are my mission matches. And uh, I've, always, I've, I, I've always been sponsor of uh, children. Um, from like the third world countries, mm. um, uh-huh. always, uh, I used to sponsor like 24 children at one point through world vision. That was through world vision. Oh, wow. What does um, that mean when you say you sponsored them? Like, like you know, you, 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 you adopt a child. Right. Adopt, yeah. You, yeah. So but you, you don't adopt the child. No, I know. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you, you, pay, you give them monthly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then some of them have graduated and then, you know, I get assigned a new child that I, wow. that I sponsor. Right. So, um, do that. And, uh, eventually... I found a really amazing, meaningful connection with UNICEF. So I sit on their um, Southern California Regional Board 
Um, and, mm. uh, you know, I have, I'm actually going, going to Madagascar with UNICEF um, in coming month. Oh, wow. It's actually my birthday. I mean, it's, it, the trip happened to be during my birthday, and we're going to go visit um, the orphanages in Madagascar. Oh, wow. And, you know, Beautiful. Um, see them build a well, and yeah, just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're giving back to those to I, those things. Yeah, I have to because I've just been so fortunate. Like really. Seriously. Yeah. No, you have been, I've but you been also so it's it's also you were. It wasn't just fortunate. I think it was also hard work. Oh, absolutely. Right. It was um, seeing a need in the marketplace. Absolutely. And 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 then um, and basically like jumping on that opportunity that you Absolutely. saw and like staying on it and Absolutely. not giving up, just, you know, kind of staying one path. Like I think a lot of times people, you know, they, they do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and then they're not doing anything really well. But what you do very well, obviously you focus in Dig one, one well, exactly. <laughs> you stay in one lane, one lane, one focus and make that. And yeah. then until like it, you basically just like hammer at that, like just until it's, you know, obviously successful. And now like, okay, so now you have these found a foundation, yeah. UNICEF, you have a, you have other things real estate going portfolio. on. Real I, estate. I, I love real estate. I used to always say, yeah. Um, I rather buy a building than a Birkin. Yeah. I like it. And now, and now yeah. you can buy plenty of buildings. Exactly. I like that. I like that. So real estate is huge for me. It's a gift that keeps on giving. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Right. So you're yeah. buying a, are you, so are you, are you, um, you're doing that. But don't you have a foundation? I mean, I read that you have investment uh, an investment company yes. called Butter. Butter Ventures. Yeah, Butter <laughs> Ventures, right. Okay, so what is Butter Ventures? Um, so uh, I, it's called Butter Ventures because butter makes everything better. It does. That's our tagline. Um, and I found Butter Ventures because I wanted to invest in women entrepreneurs. I love it. Because women are the freaking go-getters. Seriously. Uh, uh, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I mean, yes. Um, and I believe in female founder. So um, it, it was an investment company that, was, that I started to uh, potentially uh, invest in female founding companies. Have you, are you invested in any? Like, who are some of the yeah. companies that you have now under your portfolio? Um, yeah, so there's uh, Nikki from Alchemy43. Oh, uh, yes. What is she? That's, are you part of that? Yeah, I'm an investor. I'm an early seed investor. at that company. Oh, yeah. that, and that's doing really well. They're doing really well. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Go get her. Go get her. Yeah, I met her. I'm like, this woman is... That's amazing. She's a killer. I'm like... She is. I want to be part of what she does. Good. I love yeah. that. I didn't know you were involved in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So when you say seed... I was one of her first investors. Really? Yes. So then how many... Okay, so how, how do you do it? Do you have... Do you pick one of a, a year, two a year? How long have you had it for? Like, how long has Butter been around for? Well, so I started after I sold a company. So right, so right away you started Butter uh, Ventures. 2014. So I like sold... Like five years. Like, the deal got finalized like July 2014. So this was probably like, you know, by the time I set up the company and start running right, and stuff. Right, it was right, like right. 2015. And uh, yeah, that's one of it. Um, uh, uh, there's a company called Nplug. Um, Unplug? The meditation? E-N-P-L-U-G. Uh, it's a uh, the tech tech company. I always ask Nancy. Her name is Nancy. She's this incredibly brilliant woman. I mean, Nancy Lu. It's N-A-N-X-I-L-U. She's this oh. incredible like incredibly intelligent woman and uh she has uh it's like 
you could upload all the Twitter feed and all the um, uh, 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 YouTube and you know uh, social media onto right. a screen channel like immediately. Oh wow! Kind of yeah. What's it called? N N plug. Look uh-huh. into that. Okay. And then I've also invested in a company. It's called a Bare Bones Broth. It's a bone broth company. Yeah, I love bone broth. Yeah. Is that a good one? Obviously, you're really going to say good yes. One. This is a really good one. How, so where is that being sold? So uh, I think they have, uh, they, were, they were e-com and then um, they're on um, uh, uh, Amazon. They have the collagen powders yeah. that oh. they sell on Amazon. So what's that one called? I'm going to write that Bare one. Bare bones broth. I'm going to write that BBB. down. BBB. Bare bones broth. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Okay. And then? And then another one is, uh, another notable one is uh, Good Dye Young, GDY. It's a hair dye company that was founded by oh. Haley Williams of the group Paramore. It's Should a I rock know band. that one? Uh, it's a, it's all alternative rock. So if where is she selling her hair? Is that like they're good at getting into Sephora? Really they're ready to get into Sephora? Yeah, I'm so happy for them. This is a relatively a new company. Oh wow! Okay, so when you yeah. do, when you do investments, how much are you giving people typically? Like I write it, smaller checks. You write you know, I don't checks. like like huge checks. And, right. You know. These are like seed funds. So, um, how do you find them? I or they find you. People. Yeah, a I'm lot sure of the they times find they you. find me. Yeah, through people, you know. And I'm also um, limited partner at a, a Bam Venture, a Strong Venture, Bam Venture, Bam Venture. Yeah, that's yeah. another VC company. Yeah, that's another VC. You're company. involved with them as well. So I invest in a VC company too. Yes, I totally know. Yes. I, I get it. I yeah, get, you're. Oh, so I then, know that one. Yes. Yeah, so Bam Ventures. My money goes through through the VC company. Yep. And then. When you are a limited partner at, with a VC company, you get to see the deal flow. Right. So when I see the deal flow that matches my criteria come to my way, then I could separately invest in those companies as well. Oh, so I, I like that. that. You yeah. did that one too. I didn't know you were involved with that one too. Then how do you have time for your sunglass company? I know. Oh my gosh. It's like, <laughs> I'm telling you, like, it's like, you. I, it's like, it's, I think this is like, this is what I, I, I say all the time. I think that there are certain people who are just innately like just like like hustlers who have like the they just have like the entrepreneurial spirit and they're like able to do a ton of stuff at once and like it's part of like they're just very determined and super disciplined and I think that you can teach that to some degree but a lot of it is like naturally like who you are as a person I drive myself yeah nuts every day I'm sure right like because you're so like (laughs) you have so many things like so okay tell me about this this is that it yeah, yeah yeah this is um it's a sunglass company that i founded 2015 we launched in 2016 we were actually the uh um, official uh sponsor at coachella we launched you were yeah we launched at coachella no way <laughs> yes I mean, it was ridiculous. Like the other sponsors were like American Express and I think it was like Grey Goose or something. And then there's like this tiny little sunglass company. Oh my God. How did you even get that? Like what was the PR agency somehow? Like we were talking about maybe doing an event at at Coachella, like, you know, partnering up with an event that was happening around at Coachella. And it evolved and evolved and evolved and eventually you know. I'm like, hey, go big or go home. 
No kidding. <laughs> yeah. And I guess you went big and like I went big. Wow. Are yeah. you selling a lot of those? Or? Yes. So uh, we are on our e-commerce, thomasjamesla.com. Okay. Thomas yeah. But we were. Uh, I, I rebranded. It was Perverse Sunglasses. So when I did the oh. launch and everything, it was called a Perverse Sunglasses. Why did you change the name? Um, you know, initially I loved the name. Um, I absolutely fell in love with the name, but you know, over like two years of running the business, I uh, I felt the challenge of people associating perverse with perverted, mm. and you know, perverse yeah. has a beautiful meaning. Like it means uh, uh, deliberately doing things against the norm. Um, mm, right. It's completely different from perverted, right? right. But people, you think that they would yeah, get, and yeah. then like you know, in the beginning, I was like, oh my god, this is such an amazing meaning. Like it is so misunderstood. Right. And I was like, I want to let people know. Like, but after two years, I was like, I don't want to, like, I'm like, this is too much. Like, I don't want to take this job of, right. Like, Constantly re-explaining yeah, it. Yeah. No, no, no. And like, repeating yourself. Yes. Yeah. But, so I, I decided to just drop that name and rebrand. And so is Thomas James LA now. And so do you still sell a lot of these classes? Oh yeah, we do. Wow. Can this be the next Nix or no? Um, you know what? Yes and no, because, uh, Yes, because it could be a hugely successful brand. Uh, no, because the sunglass industry itself is a smaller industry. Mm. Uh, globally, it's sure. only about like $38 billion industry. And I mean, plus brand? minus, plus minus. What's the makeup brand, like beauty? Uh, hundreds. Hundreds of, yeah. Uh, right. So like, yeah. it's like probably a like, hundred times bigger than yes. the uh, sunglass company, yes. uh, sunglass uh, so, industry. Yeah. So then the industry itself is smaller and it is so highly dominated by few few right. companies that it's harder to develop. Like it's much harder to develop. Develop, yeah. And sunglass is not something everybody buys multiple pairs of. Right. Well, they lose them all the time. I mean, I lose my sunglasses like every week. I got to buy a new pair like <laughs> You'd every week. You'd be my week. best customer. I'm your best customer. I'm saying, but I think everyone like I feel like a lot of people are that, that way. They keep on like losing their. Yes. sunglasses and they have to rebuy them but the price points higher probably don't make as much money per yeah. unit but then are you someone like you like would you start a new beauty brand then like is that something you would actually may, do again i may you know um do you have a non-compete non oh. yes i do i have a five-year non-compete um globally but i have three-year non-compete e in eu so in eu countries my non-compete actually expires so i do have an office in frankfurt um that and i could start i could start a uh, beauty company in Europe very easily. And it's a, it's an idea that I'm entertaining. Like what now, like do you, what do you think of all these other brands that come now on the market? Like, there's so many. There's so many. Look at it the Kylie so Jenner's. Oh, lip, they're doing incredible. Uh, she's like a billionaire in yeah. like a, in a year. I mean, look at the yeah. difference in like back when you started versus now when yeah. celebrity, quote unquote, yes. whatever you want to call her, you know, her family. And within a couple of years, her business is like a billion dollar venture. Yeah. I mean, she has 120 million followers. That is one third of America. Can you believe that? So then, so does that like, is that just an easy hole in one then? Like you just have to have a huge following and then you can just put out like, look at Rihanna. How is her Fenty doing? Is it doing well? Amazing. Amazing, right? That's also, isn't that more than a billion? I bet it's more than a billion. It's owned by a company named Kendo, Kendo. Oh, so she's, okay. So what's her role in that? She's probably the CEO. They're probably partners. Partners, yeah, I right. don't know the details of it, so right. I can't speak for it. But um, there's a company up in uh, in the Bay Area called a Kendo, 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 or K E N D O, that owns like these uh, portfolio brands. Wow. And Fenty's like one of those brands. 
What's another one like in that way? Like which ones are, are other ones that are like um, now doing really well? Um, KKW does well. ColourPop does well. Oh, ColourPop does really They're well. They're all under the same umbrella of company. What, part of Can Do stuff? No, or, no, not okay. Can Do stuff. Can Do, not that company. Another, there's another company. So, would you ever go with someone? Would you ever kind of build a brand with someone like that and just kind of be behind the scenes or maybe your own name? Like, what would you be like if you were to do another <laughs> beauty brand? What would it be like? What would well, you, what not would it look my like? name for sure. Not your name. Okay, for sure. so would it be like another? What would it be like? What would be in your, if you were, I'm not saying you are, but if you were to start your own beauty brand, what would it be this time? You know, I would like to, uh, I would like to, I like the niche markets. So I want to find a niche market. Like what's the gap right now? A, I think there's, uh, ethnic mm. is huge. So, you know, I look at that as a amazing niche market. Um, and then um, there's a few influencers that i've kind of been following mm -hmm. intensely right and i think they have like really amazing market but i can't really go into the details at okay. the moment. you'll come on again and tell me next time <laughs> you'll come on again it's a reason for me to come back exactly yes. so, and believe me i'm gonna make you come back i'm gonna be knocking on your door and then i have one other thing mm -hmm. i want to leave you with and then okay so we're we kind of touched upon it a bit like what you do daily your habits yeah. like your rituals. I know you like to make lists, to-do lists. To-do lists, yeah. Um, and then once you tick them all off, you move on to the next list. What would be, like, what would be your thing that you have to kind of, like, is there something that you have, that you eat every day or some kind of routine or ritual that's kind of you? Juicing. Juicing. Yeah. You juice every day? Every day for last six years. And, and... What kind of juice and why? What does it do? What's the difference between then and now? Like, what's your juice? Okay. Or any juice? Um, no. I have my formula. Okay. What's your Half formula? Half a beet. Okay. Two, two, two sticks of celery. Okay. Half an apple. Half a grapefruit. Two carrots. And um, um, kale. And, that's, and that you have, what, every day? Yeah. Do you make it or do you go somewhere? My housekeeper makes it for me. Every day? In the every morning? Every day. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you have a juice every morning. And is that like, do you eat breakfast with that? Or no, I don't eat breakfast? breakfast. So that is kind of like your morning... Coffee. Do you drink coffee? Yeah. So uh, one thing that I do every day with the juice is as soon as I wake up in the morning, I yeah. drink water. Room temperature water. I don't I don't like cold water. Room temperature. Like a big, tall glass of water. Just one, one shot. Gulp it down. Yeah. And then I make myself a coffee. I don't drink coffee on empty stomach because it's very acidic. Acidic, yeah. And it's not good for your stomach lining, especially when you first wake up in the morning. So you need to take the fluid in. And I don't like to drink like orange juice or anything because those are too acidic too. So uh, uh, room temperature water, very important. Just water. And then in like two, three, five minutes later, then you could have your coffee or tea or, you know, anything that has caffeine, right? right? And after that, and I have this routine of getting ready in the morning while drinking coffee and I play YouTube. And then that's when I catch up on all of my like makeup bloggers and like all, oh, like all of that. Like that. And I do my hair, I do my makeup. And then on my way out to work, I grab my juice and go. Okay, so that so as you get ready, you watch the YouTube bloggers. Yeah, so I'm not like watching it, watching. No, it. I know it's you, in it's my in background. background. Yeah. Uh -huh. Who do you like? Like who do you listen to? Who oh do you, my or God. who do you watch? 
Who do you think is really good? Oh my God, there's everybody's so good. Jackie Aina, there's one beauty blogger. Her name is Jackie Aina. Okay, she's good. she's amazing. She's okay. great. Um, there's a uh, uh lifestyle blogger. Her name is Jen Im. She's amazing too. Okay. And then you know like everybody that everybody like you know like. Desi, I... No, I don't know. Yeah. Is it like the beauty, blo the so beauty blogger. The beauty blogger. It's interesting. Everyone has their thing. Like, obviously, you're in the beauty space. Yeah. So, like, you have, like, your favorite beauty bloggers. Oh, and then the travel bloggers, too. I oh, love okay. tra travel blog. I love food blog. I love food blog. Yeah. Yeah, now you're speaking my language, Tony. <laughs> so, you basically... That's your routine. So, like, to kind of, like, basically, like, condense it down, you... You have your your juice, which is your beets, your carrots, your celery, yeah. your apple, whatever, and you drink your big glass of water in the yeah. morning. First thing. First thing in the morning. Then you'll have your coffee. coffee. Um, and then as you get ready, you watch your blog, your beauty yeah. bloggers or travel bloggers or like in the background. Oh, the, another thing that I watch is I watch uh, uh, chicken kippers. I have chickens myself. You have chickens so. where? Like in the house? Yeah, I have four chickens. Four pet chickens. chickens? Pet chickens. Pet chickens? Yes. So you don't... Cook them and eat them. I'm no, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just <laughs> joking. I know. I'm just joking. You have just pet chickens. Yeah. yeah. How old? Like how old are they? Uh, they're now about. Uh, I got them when they were 18 weeks old. Um, I think they're about like 30 weeks old now. How old? 30 weeks. What are you gonna do with them? They're my chicken. They're my pet. They like, have name. They're ginger. Do they sleep with you? Like, like, oh no, 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 no! You like, can't do you do because you cannot chickens? potty potty train, train them. them. So um, you could have. So they're considered like bird, right? Yeah, they're like birds. you could they have, lay eggs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they lay eggs. They lay the most delicious. I'm sure eggs. it's so rewarding. So what? How many eggs can a chicken give you? So I have a breed called uh, uh, Buff Orpington, and Buff Orpington is an amazing uh, egg-laying chickens, and then um, on average they lay two about 280 eggs a year. So they lay one egg for every 14 hours of sunlight they get. Oh, so wow. during the winter they, they lay less, and summer they lay more. Wow. So you have, so was this like a, so you basically are, you have pet chickens. Yeah. And you eat their eggs, obviously. And then what happens like when they... They're going to, how long do they live for? Like you said. They like, could live up to 10 years. So you're going to have these chickens in your house for 10 years? Yeah. Just hanging out? Yeah. But of course they have their own house. They have a coop. They have a run. Yeah. And then they have a, they have their own fenced in free ranging area. So they live there. What other animals do you have? I have a dog. Oh, a dog. Yeah. And the chickens. <laughs> and a dog. Okay. And then um, nothing else? Nothing else in the farm? Just like those eggs. Oh, eggs. That's just chickens. That's it. What would make you get a chicken? Just for I've fun? always wanted to have chicken. I don't know why. Really? I've always wanted to have a chicken, but I couldn't because I was living at a condo. Right. Like, so the city ordinance is that the chickens has to be 25 feet away from your house, and then it has to be 35 feet away from your neighbor's wow. house. Wow. Yes. So now you have a big enough house, house where you have... where I could have the chicken. So as soon as I moved into my house, um, I got a coop, I got a run, and uh, I got it all prepared and then I hired a chicken consultant that I found on Instagram. What? Are you serious? <laughs> yes. There's such a thing as a chicken consultant? No, she's not a consultant. But write I, this down. I just reached out to her and I said, I asked her, would you consult for me? As a what? Because she's like a chicken consultant. What, what are you going to consult with? What, what are they going to tell what you? What material is the best material for bedding? What material is the best material? Like how thick should it be? How like how often should I change it out? Aren't they called farmers? Can't you ask a farmer? <laughs> is a chicken consultant like a euphemism now for the word farmer? I thought that's what they are. No? Yes. Is it this just... is not, I'm not breeding the chickens to eat. 
you're just I know they're not meat chickens. They're they're called the meat chickens are called, called the roasters. And so, so oh, I they're, they're pets, so I care about their well being. So did you seriously go on Instagram and look for chicken consultant? No, no, not chicken consultant. Like uh, so, there then there's like a huge there's an entire world out there for the chi- uh, backyard chickens. Oh, is there? Okay, yes. backyard chickens. And then there's this one lady that I've been following, and I realize she's in Pasadena. Oh wow! I'm like, who knew? oh my, who knew? I'm like, I need to contact this lady and ask her to consult for me, and that's what I did. And oh her my. handle is drinking with the chickens. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna look at that. Yeah. Drinking with the ch- chicken. Make a note of that later, Casey. I'm gonna make a note of that. Uh-huh. Wow. And so this lady now, like, do you consult with her? Like, is it just like a one-off, or like you consult with her like on like weekly, or? So it was just like a one-off deal. Before I brought the chickens in, I wanted to make sure because I I read books i read articles and you know wow. like i've watched like youtube videos but still it's always like talk to a nice to talk to a live person right that's why 100%. i brought her on as a consultant because i want the best quality of life for my for my girls Amazing. um so you know and she was wonderful oh my gosh she was wonderful and even now any questions i have i just send her an email and she replies back she's the sweetest woman wow well let me know how that goes i mean it's amazing yeah well, if you're getting more chickens, I mean, I want to try one of the chicken eggs. I heard those are delicious when they're like I'll fresh like that. I'll bring some for you next time. Will you? They're, no, the yolk is orange. Orange, yeah. It's and like, what, like you crack it open, and the aroma, it fills the room. No, it's I've heard. different. It's different. I buy all my eggs at the farmer's market, but still, there's like a week or two week lag in that, you know? I want to taste yeah. one of those, one of your chickens eggs when they're Uh fresh 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 yeah and then you know it's different because my chickens only drink like um high quality filter water they drink the type of water that i drink wow Um, they eat veggies from my garden wow a guaranteed and i pick it in the morning and i give it to them that sounds amazing it's not a farmed chicken this is no, a I know. pet chicken. It's a pet chicken that also has, that basically feeds you eggs and you don't eat breakfast. So when do you eat the eggs? At night? I, you know what? I have, I have probably two eggs. I, so I okay. give them as a gift. Give them to me as a gift. I will. Next time. I would yeah. Love it. Oh yeah. My gosh, next thank time. You. Next time for sure. Promise. Absolutely. Well, okay. I'd have to say this has been a delight to talk to you. Seriously, a delight, Tonico. Thank you so much for coming on. Talked about chickens, chicken consultants. <laughs> we went from makeup to like we're all over the place. To chickens, to to do lists. I mean, it's we covered the gamut. <laughs> um, so thank you, thank you for coming on. It was really a pleasure talking to you. And how would people find you if they're more interested in following you and your chickens? Do you have a, do you have an Instagram account? I do, I do. Tony Co Co Co. So it's T O N I, and then my last name Co three times. E-O-N-I-K-O-K-O-K-O. Are you on Facebook too? I, you know, I have an account, but I'm not really on it anymore. I don't know. I yeah. just stopped going on Facebook. Yeah, like me too. It's last kind of, year. Yeah, it yeah. is. Kind of. Anyway, um, thank you. And yeah. thank you. And we're going to have you on again because you were a delight and so inspirational. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. And you are an amazing, amazing. Oh, you're the best. Thank you for thank you for saying that. I I paid you 20 bucks. Okay. <laughs> Bye guys. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. 
I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.